Dorokie Baptist Church, and uh, we do baptisms. There's a bit of a clue in the name, really, isn't there? I mean, it's not rocket science. But um, if you came here tonight expecting, expecting uh, a vicar in robes or smells and bells, then I'm afraid you're going to be disappointed. But what you are going to see, what you are going to see is something recreated. Because baptism is something that Jesus himself did. Scripture tells us in all four Gospels, Jesus' baptism is mentioned. And it talks about him going down into the waters of the River Jordan and being baptised. And later on, um, Ian, Reverend Ian Smith, our senior minister, is going to come up and explain a bit about what baptism means. Why it is that tonight Chloe is going to be going down into the water and being, going to be baptised. And what that means for her and for her future. So Chloe, how are you feeling? Good. You see, normally people sort of say, oh, I'm really nervous. You're not nervous? No, you should be. You're not nervous? A little bit, that's better. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'd be really nervous by then. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. It's brilliant. You're going to be sharing testimony. You're going to be telling us about your story, how you got to this point. And, and it's great that friends and family have come out to support you in this. Because this is all about support. And, and we as a church are privileged to be able to have your baptism service here this evening. So, so it's great to have you here. And uh, we really look forward to hearing your testimony. But I'm not surprised to hear that you're n- not nervous because you're actually, you like your song and dance, don't you? You're, you're uh, musical theatre, I think, is your thing. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, musical theatre. So, um, so the testimony should be really good, <laughs> you know. I, I don't know how you're going to dance over there. It might be a little bit awkward, but that's going to be great. Looking forward to that. But you see, what you're doing tonight, you're responding to an invitation. You're, you're, you're responding to an invitation. And I, I think it's fair to say we'll hear more later, but part of that invitation happened at an evening service here, one evening, when you just recognised the Holy Spirit moving inside you. And the Bible speaks about invitation. There's, there's, a, there's a passage, there's a, a story that Jesus told in the Bible when he was, he was at dinner. He was at dinner with some, some sceptics. Some people who were just trying to work out who he was, what he was talking about. And they said, right, you keep talking about the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? So Jesus told a story. He said, right, a man was organising a massive feast. It was cute. It was going to be absolutely epic. He had, he had been ordering the food for... I'm going to fall in there in a minute. Um, <laughs> He'd been ordering the food for months. He had it all lined up. He had the best caterers coming in. His banqueting hall had been specially cleaned for it. It's going to be absolutely awesome. And he had told his mates to, to save the date. He'd sent them a save the date card. And this, was, this had been a few years before, and so time had passed. And eventually the day came. He said to his, his servant, right, go out to, um, to, to my, my three friends. Go out to my three closest friends before we invite anybody else because I want them here in person because they, they are special. And so the servant went out, and he, he, he knocked on the first door. And he said, hey, guess what? You know why I'm here, don't you? And the guy said, well, give me a clue. And the servant said, the party! It's, it's, it's finally here! It's happening tomorrow night! It's going to be brilliant! You've got to come along! You saved the date, didn't you? And the guy went, oh! <laughs> oh! Um, oh! Tomorrow? Is it tomorrow? Oh, no! Right, um, this is really awkward. I've just, I've just bought a plot of land and um, I've got to go to the solicitors and I've got to check it all out, make sure the deeds are right. I'm signing it all off. It's got to happen tomorrow. It's the only day I can make it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry to let you down, but I can't come. And the servant said, oh, no. That's awkward. 
Then mind, I've got two more to invite. So he went down the road a bit more and he got to the, the next door and he, he knocks on it and again the second friend answered and the servant said, surprise, guess what? Your invitation's here. I'm delivering it in person tomorrow night. It's the massive banquet that you've been looking forward to for months and months and it's, it's, it's happening. Ah, look, this is, this is difficult but um, I've, just, I've just got a load of more livestock for my, for my farm. Um, I've got five yoke of oxen. This is a big deal. That was like the Ferrari of the day. You know, I've got to go to my oxen dealer and check it out. I've got to have a look under the... Well, they don't have bonnets, do they, oxen? But you get the idea. I've got to check this out. I can't come tomorrow. And the servant was pretty dejected by now, so he went up to the third door, and he knocked on the door, and the door was opened, and the same thing happened again. Guess what? Tomorrow it's the party. Come along. You're invited in person. I'm here to deliver this invitation for you. Because my master wants you. And again, there was an awkward silence. And the guy very gingerly pulled the door shut behind him and said, I got married last week. (laughs) I'm not going to be allowed out to a party. No chance. It's funny how some of these analogies still work today, isn't it? But you see... He had to send the servant away again. And the servant went back to his master, and the master said, great, are they all coming? And the servant said, um, well, actually, no. No. They all had something else to do. The first one had to go and finish buying some land. The second one had to go and check over his, his oxen that he's just bought. And the, the third one is now married, and um, I'm afraid you've, you've slipped down the pecking order. And the master was absolutely devastated. He, he said, I've, I've gone to all this effort. I've done so much. I invited them. I didn't charge them. It's, this is free. I've gone, given them a free invitation to the party of the century. And they can't come. He said, right, okay, well, look, go out into the, go out into the streets, into the fields, into the country lanes. Go into the city, into the towns, into the villages. Invite as many people as you can possibly find. Bring them all in and fill the banquet hall. So the servant does, he goes out and he does all that. Then he says, Master, there's still some empty room. And he says, right, okay, go out, find the the, the blind, the lame, the poor, the starving, get them, bring them in. And so eventually this this banquet hall is filled. And the master says to his servant, those people who rejected that invitation, they won't even get a crumb from my table because they rejected me. So you see, tonight, Chloe, you are accepting an invitation from God to the party of the century. And that's a fantastic thing to do. But you know what is even better about this story is that that invitation is not simply limited to God's three best mates. He loves Chloe, but she's not one of his three best mates because God doesn't have best mates. God loves each and every individual one of us. Here in this church now, out there in the world, there is nobody, there is nobody that God gives up on and stops loving. This invitation that he's spoken about in scripture is still open today to you and to me. And by going through the waters of baptism this evening, Chloe is saying, I accept that invitation, I will be there. I accept it. And by doing that, God says, brilliant, yes! Let's celebrate. There's a party in heaven. Because one day you will join him there and stay there for eternity with God. 
So what you're doing tonight is really, really important, and it is not an exclusive club. Baptism is open to anybody. It's open. That invitation is open to any of us. Now, in any sort of theatrical production, you have the people on stage who do the acting, the people that people pay to come and see. But actually, any theatrical production cannot happen without the stuff behind the scenes. I don't know why I'm pointing there. There's a brick wall behind that curtain. But there are people behind the scenes. We've got, we've got people doing the sound, doing the light, doing the, the, the projection, doing the band. People who, who won't be seen tonight, but without whom the service just wouldn't work. There, is an unse- there are unseen performers, spiritually as well. In the Christian faith, day by day, we go about our life and we're aware of a spiritual realm, unseen performers all around us who are cheering us on, who are willing us to do our best and to do what is right by God. Those unseen performers change everything. And it's important that just because we can't see the spiritual realm, we don't dismiss it. We don't just just cast it aside and say, it's nonsense. If, If God's true, show me. Because, you see, God doesn't work like that. If you want to see God, look at creation. Look at the history of Scripture. Look at what Scripture says. Look at the teaching. So many people just dismiss the Christian faith as nonsense, as fairy tales, as fantasy, without ever having looked into it. If someone walked down the road and said, I just found this lottery ticket on the floor, and uh, I've checked it, it's last week's numbers, um, hasn't been cashed in yet, do you want it? You wouldn't say, nah, you're right, and walk away. You'd think, well, what have I got to lose? If, it, if I, I can check them online. If the numbers are rubbish, then I'll chuck it in the bin. If they're not, then I'm a millionaire. You'd do something about it, wouldn't you? And yet time after time, I meet people and I tell them about the Christian faith and they just dismiss it. I say, look, I've got something better than a winning lottery ticket. And it's dismissed. Because people dismiss the spiritual realm simply because I can't see it. Jesus was well aware of this. In John chapter 20, this was the, 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 the fourth of the Gospels that we find in the New Testament, the Gospels being the stories of Jesus' life, the accounts of his life. He says to one of his disciples, he says, because you've seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. That's any Christian walking the face of the earth today. We haven't seen Jesus in person, but we've experienced the Holy Spirit that was his gift that he left for us when he ascended to be back in heaven with his spiritual father. And so as we come to faith, we come to recognise the spiritual realm around us. We ignore what the world says, that that it's nonsense, that it's not there, because we know it to be there. We know it is, because we've experienced it, we've felt it. In the book of Romans, Paul, St. Paul, that you might have heard about, he says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. After after baptism tonight, after any of us have any sort of faith experience, we, we we just stop conforming to the ways of the world, and instead we stand on our own two feet and say, no, actually for me this is real, and for you this is real. You just might not yet appreciate it. 
Faith has a a power to transform. God has a power to transform because he's not just some archaic relic that we read about in history books. He's living and real and active amongst us. Some people look at a theatrical production and they think, that's, you know, that's incredible, the way it just flows, the way it works. But every, every stage production has a script of some sort. Actors are following a script and they've worked really hard to study it, to learn it, to make sure that they know where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there, what props they need, what costume they need, what lines they need to come out with, what facial expressions and emotions they need to be portraying. All of this goes into each theatrical production that we watch, whether it's in a theatre, whether it's on telly, whatever it happens to be. Even adverts have scripts. We have a script as well. In fact, that's not quite true. We have scripture. We have the Holy Bible. We have the Holy Bible, a book that was composed over, over generations as various accounts of what God has done for his people were recorded and written down and different characters spoke into it. And it's amazing because it speaks into the world today. It speaks into our life today as well. The Bible is our script. We turn to that for our stage direction, for our prompting. It equips us with the right props that we need and the right lines that we need to come out with. And every time we find ourselves forgetting our lines and having to ad-lib a bit, the Bible says that, that God has a plan for us. Jeremiah was a prophet in the Old Testament. He said, he said that in a vision he had, God said to him, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper and not to harm. God knows the plan he has for you and for all of us here today. There is not a single one of us for whom God does not have a plan. And even if we've, we've ad-libbed, we've forgotten our scripts, we've, we've gone a little bit off-piste, it is never too late to get back on track, to get back on track with God. And that's part of what Chloe is doing tonight when she goes through the waters of baptism. Some people point at Christians and say, oh yeah, you think you've got God, you're a bit better than everybody else. You think you, you go through your, your baptism and it washes you all clean and you're all nice and the rest of us are scum. No, actually the Bible says in, in the book of Romans, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. We're called to be humble, we're called to be servants, we're called to help those around us, to show love, generosity, kindness. What's wrong with that? What fault can anybody find in the teachings of the New Testament? So many people dismiss the Christian faith without ever having given it proper consideration. You see, there's no dress rehearsal for this. We haven't earlier on had Chloe in there dunking her, testing how long she can hold her breath or anything like that. We'll find that out in a minute. You see, there is no dress rehearsal. We don't need a dress rehearsal. Because we are all created in the image of God. When we come into his presence, when we, when we, when we set our paths straight with him, when we focus on the cross, when we focus on Jesus in our lives, we are doing the right thing before our God. We are setting our course straight. It doesn't mean that we're going to solve all our problems overnight. It doesn't mean that we're going to suddenly get that winning lottery ticket here on earth. But what it does mean is that for eternity, our salvation is secure. 
We will be with our God in heaven one day, whenever that time comes. And until then, until then, we read our scripture, we follow the, the teachings that Jesus gave us, we follow what the Bible tells us to do, and we, we seek to, to be the best possible people that we can be in the world around us, to help those that we see, to, 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 be, to be beacons in our community. There's so much good work that the church does in this community with, with so many street pastors and schools pastors, and there's all these initiatives going on where people are helping and providing a service and you think, how can that be anything other than good? And if it is good, how can you not want that in your life? So, Chloe, thank you for coming here tonight and for getting baptised. You haven't ignored the invitation. And I just want to urge anybody here who either hasn't heard that invitation before or someone who has but has kind of left it unopened on the mantelpiece of their mind and just ignored it every time they've walked past it. I urge you, open that invitation. Read it. Talk to somebody about it. Talk to me after the service or, or Ian or talk to a Chloe. Talk to Christian friends, Christian family. Investigate it. And if you get to the point where you think, oh, I've, I've looked into it, I've did what the guy said and I've looked into it and I think it's still rubbish... Well, okay, it's up to you how you respond to that invitation. But I'm yet to meet anybody who has looked into the Christian faith, who has probably investigated whether or not this invitation is worth accepting and come to that conclusion. In fact, it's the opposite is true. Everybody I know who has properly looked into the Christian faith has found a faith of goodness, a, faith, a faithful God, who loves them and who wants to see them flourish. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper, not to harm. To give you hope and a future. We're going to have one more song. And then Ian's going to come up and explain a little bit more about why, why baptism is so important to the Christian faith. And just while we're singing this song, while Ian's speaking, while we're listening to, to Chloe's testimony, I just urge you to give your invitation some thought. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for this opportunity this evening to talk about baptism, to share this fantastic invitation with, with more and more people. Lord, thank you for Chloe. Thank you for this service this evening, the opportunity to give you glory. And for us to respond and say, Lord, thank you for the invitation. I accept. But Lord, we know that only, only us individually can make that decision. And so, Father, we pray that you will guide us in that, that you will prompt us and that you will help us and that one day each and every one of us can come to know you as our heavenly Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.